Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Benchtown TV. And today we have a special surprise for you all. The cat is out of the bag and we can finally let you in on a secret we have been keeping for a long time. Last month, Benchtown TV took part in Amazon's official Wheel of Time press junket. Our own Wheel of Time subject matter expert, Kyle, was lucky enough to talk with four of the Wheel of Time's main cast members, Yosha Stradowski, Marcus Rutherford, Madeline Madden, and Zoe Robbins. Amazon was kind enough to provide us with the entire junket with all questions that were asked to these amazing actors. Each media outlet was allowed one question each, leaving us with a nice 20 minutes of content to drop for you all. Our podcast has been waiting for the show for so long, and we cannot wait to cover it on the podcast, and we are super appreciative that we had the opportunity to speak with this amazing cast. This interview drop is our first Wheel of Time surprise, but it's definitely not going to be our last, so stay tuned. Now, without further ado, let's get to the interviews. Had you read the books before you uh, started filming? No, I, 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 hadn't, I, hadn't, I hadn't heard of the books, but as soon as I kind of got the part, I was... Yeah, I was blown away that I actually hadn't because it's it, they're so kind of highly regarded and there's so many cop like 90 million copies have been sold. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I quickly started reading Eye of the World and 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 The Great Hunt before we did season two, um, season one. So yeah, yeah, same. Um, when I got the part, I I started reading the next day and I'm I haven't finished it yet. I'm at book eleven now uh, and I'm. You know, I'm climbing that mountain. I'm not at the top yet, but the view from up here is pretty good already. Oh and I just keep on going. <laughs> Sound bites. <laughs> and uh, as a follow-up, how closely does the series follow the books? Well, it's not a one-on-one -on -one adaption, but I'm sure that it does um, the book justice. It, it, it takes the fundamentals, the essentials of the book, 100%. We're gonna to go to Kyle now. We'll do a question each and then we'll go around again if we've got time. So Kyle, thank you. Well, hello, it's nice to be here and meet you guys. Yeah. Um, my question will be, uh, what was the weapons training like? Uh, Perrin, I guess Marcus, you mentioned that you haven't really read the books, but Perrin's an ax wielder himself. Uh, Rand in the early episodes uses a bow often and then moves more to be a, a sword master. So what was it like training with those weapons? Is it something you've ever done before or was it completely new to you? Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty new to me, but I think, yeah, when we started, we had kind of like a quite an intense sort of stunts workshop. I think in that first episode, it kind of kicks off quite a lot. So we, we, we all yes, have um, fight scenes to work with, but yeah, no, it was really cool to kind of work with, um an axe i think obviously is something that perrin has a particular relationship with as we kind of move forward but um from the off to kind of work with that particular weapon was was really really cool i i had some sword fighting in in, in drama school but it didn't uh didn't feel like it was very useful because <laughs> this this the kind of sword fighting we did was uh definitely more vicious but i guess it, like you said at first Rand is more familiar with the bow and arrow so i had archery training and uh Later on, yeah, when we all started, we all had sword fighting uh, training. Well, thank you. And I'm excited to uh, to see how you guys develop as fighters on the screen. <laughs> thank you, man. Can we go to uh, Natasha from RT3, please? Good morning, guys. How are you? Good afternoon. Good. How are you? Good, good. Um, how long did it take for you guys to shoot the Trolloc attack in the two rivers? Oh, my gosh. I mean... I think, you know, only the bit of Daniel only took a week on itself. Yeah. It took really long. Yeah, Daniel and Rosman had a lot. They had, like, the bad short straw in terms of, like, how many night shoots they had. I think 
overall, I don't know how many, like it was weeks together. Yeah, a couple of weeks, I think. A couple of weeks or like three weeks. But it was, yeah, it was kind of lots of different kind of battles all kind of like merging into one. So when you kind of see it, we saw episode one, it's amazing how they jump in between. But um, I remember, yeah, I, I remember being walking around Prague, like having days off, like who's filming now? And it was still like Rosman and Daniel were like still doing that kind of battle. So, um, yeah, no, they did amazing. Can we go to um, Paul, please? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Good, good, good. How are you? You're wonderful. Well, we're so happy to have you on with us. This show is so cool. And and the story is amazing. And whether or not you've read the books or not, I think it maybe doesn't even matter. This does a great job of uh, explaining it. But like some of the best sci-fi, uh, there, there are things uh, that are, even though it's a fantastical world, there are things that we can that, that we can learn or, or things that we can get out of this uh, that are parallel to our lives. Uh, well, what is it that you suppose people will will sort of think about or take away that's sort of um, relevant to us as well? Um, I do think the aspect of like, you know, within the magical system of the Wheel of Time, there is kind of that male superiority is kind of flipped with the fact that it's only certain women are allowed to access magic. And I think... You know, that is just something that's quite cool to see on screen and something to think about, you know, if that power dynamic had been altered in that way, what would a world look like if men were, you know, to put it like the underdogs, essentially. So I think that's something that's quite, you can kind of think about in a contemporary aspect as well. Yeah, and on, on top of that, I guess it's, you know, the world of the Wheel of Time is, is so is so big and so many different um, groups of people, cultures, different beliefs and it's it's just as hyper polarized and, and divided as our world is, I guess. And it, it's, I guess, the whole show of the Wheel of Time is about finding finding that balance. And I, I think that's you know, it, nowadays in this time, um, it, that is something that will be interesting to see for people. Can we go to the Sci-Fi Talk podcast, Tony, please? Hi, gentlemen. Great to talk to you and. Uh give Prague my best. Uh, I, I want to ask you both, you both are kind of, especially Perrin is carrying some baggage and, and some other feelings, uh, but Rand is also uh, carrying some things as well. Uh, talk about that layer of your character. And I will say, speaking to Robert Jordan in 94, that he said, a little bit of King Arthur is in Rand, by the way. That's nice. King Arthur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. Um, the messiahs yeah <laughs> um, yeah I think in terms of the, that kind of baggage or, or what they kind of take with them I think for Perrin especially you know from from the start he has a particular relationship with with violence and it's kind of brought to him in quite a kind of ug ugly way kind of early on and I think um, it's something that he carries throughout season one it's something that kind of is on his mind a lot and something that he's very deeply kind of affected by and, and and he has a lot of feelings of guilt surrounding um but violence seems to keep on coming into his world and he has to kind of realize does he embrace kind of this animalistic side to him or is there a civilized way that he can kind of maneuver through this world that moraine's kind of dragged them into yeah i think I think with with Rand throughout this story, you know, um, it will this bag will will become heavier and heavier. More weight is being added throughout this story, and um, and you you will, I hope you will see 
what it costs not only of Rand but of all these characters. And I guess, you know, all of these characters have to sacrifice bits and pieces of, of who they were in order to, you know, um, to what's right. And um, uh, but at first, uh, it's it's it starts in the two rivers. That's where we have to start first before we go in this great arc. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Can we go to Matthew from The Escapist, please? Hey, guys. Uh, great, great to talk to you. So there's a lot of fantasy adaptations coming out right now as, you know, streamers build up their libraries and are looking for things to jump onto. Um, and that means there's a lot of options for people to watch fantasy now. So if I'm if I'm someone coming from this, and uh, you know, I watch three back-to-back trailers for fantasy shows with sweeping vistas and gorgeous magic and special effects. What makes the Wheel of Time stand out um, for for that person? Why, why is why is this one special? Um, both both for you and 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 in in fantasy in general. You know, the Wheel of Time is such a ri- such a rich world with so much so much complexity, and it, it, it's you know the books are known for that. It's not it's not for no reason that ninety million copies have been sold. Apparently. It, is there something in it that people can relate to that touches them? And um, and what that is for me is besides of, you know, that in this world of the Wheel of Time, uh, women are the ones who are in control. If men use the power, one power, they abuse it or, or the fact that it's not uh, simply black and white, good against evil. It's all shades of grey in between. Now, for me, what really makes this stand out is the characters, that you start to care for these characters and and that they're real, you know, they're no, they're no heroes. They have to, to go on this mission. They never sign up for, um, and, and you can see their failures and their, and their fears and what it costs of them, the sacrifice they have to make. And, um, I think that's what makes the wheel of time special for me, at least. Yeah. And that global cast, man, I think, I think being able to see that they've been able to cast people from every corner of, of, of the planet really actors you know experienced actors new actors exciting actors who've worked in all different fields coming together on one show like this um i think is very very special and i think it reflects how expansive um the world is in, in the books as well which is really really cool thank you and the last question goes to eric thanks hey congratulations guys on on the series um my question is what uh, the, the action scenes are so amazing uh, in the series. Talk about a scene that was the most difficult for you to achieve uh, and what it was and how you dealt with that kind of scale and size of the production that you got here and, and how, how you dealt with those issues. I mean, there wasn't too, too many kind of bumps in the road, um, but I think, you know, that that, fir- that first episode, you know, it was just so new to us, everything. So I think to have a first episode where you've got a lot of stunts and all the characters are involved, you've got a lot of background artists, supporting artists, you know, a whole village needs to be built. And then when you've got a big action scene on top of that as well, and you're you're very new to finding out these, these characters and, you know, you've got very key moments that kind of lay the foundations for these characters. It's kind of a weird kind of amalgamation of a lot of things happening at once. So um, I think that was quite daunting, but I think it was probably the best way to start the show because it kind of kind of set the tone that we, you know, there's not, the audience will realise in that first episode that you're kind of, kind of, it all kind of kicks off quite quickly. And I think for actors, 
on that filming that first episode it meant that we had to get a grasp of those characters you know their trajectories and um you know and what what they're really like in the in the books as well no i couldn't have said it better (laughs) 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 okay thank you everybody unfortunately that's all we've got time for but thanks very much for your questions hi how are you guys today Good. How are you Good doing? Thanks. How are you? Thanks. Um, Zoe, uh, you do a lot of uh, swimming in the first two episodes that I saw. What was the weather like in Prague when you were doing that? And was it cold? The swimming that I did in episode, I did I did a bit in episode three. Um, and that was actually in the studio. So thank goodness it was warm. They heated the pool. They really endeavored to take good care of us. So I, I was okay. I was okay. Oh, good. <laughs> good. And uh, had either of you uh, done any uh, sword fighting or any physical stuff before this show? Um, I've done stunts before on <clears throat> jobs, but uh, nothing to this level, I think, you know, with horse riding and uh, sword fighting. And um, it was a completely different beast on this one. We had a month of uh, prep to do some horse riding, um, sessions with our movement coach and uh, stunts. So, no, I, for me personally, nothing on this level. Same with me. I also had a little bit of stunt experience, particularly with a, a TV show called Power Rangers. Um, so stunts was kind of a given, um, but on this level is like nothing I've ever done before. It's, it's yeah, we had an intensive boot camp to get us up to speed. Um, and even still, we're still training with, with the amazing stunt team. So yeah, we all had a lot to learn. Yes, <laughs> yes. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Natasha from JVS Media. Hi, ladies. Nice to meet you. Hi, how are you? Good. In the first episode, you know, Egwene is getting, you know, initiated into the women's circle. So I was wondering if there was any, like, traditions, like, within your family to, like, you know, say, hey, I'm a woman now, or any kind of conversations that you've had with your moms or even women in your family that are similar to what, you know, the women's circle did um, in the episode. Yeah, thank you. That's such a wonderful question. Um, I'm Aboriginal, so I'm a First Nations person of Australia, and there definitely is initiation ceremonies um, that both men and women do uh, to welcome women or men that are of age in a community. Um, So that was very special, seeing that this was part of uh, a tradition and culture in the Two Rivers. Um, Absolutely. I definitely have grown up in a very matriarchal family. Um, So, you know, there's always been conversations about when you're coming of age and, uh, and also, you know, I really look up to the women in my family. They're all such pillars of strength. Um, And that's something that we see in this show as well. So, you know, I I feel like my life and my heritage was a wonderful preparation for what I would find in, in this series. Similar to me, I, I have some incredible women in, in my family. I do remember some very deep and meaningful and, and raw and honest conversations I had with my mum as a teenager that, you know, got me up to speed with with real life and, and what to expect. But um, I, I, I can't say I had anything similar to pushing someone off a cliff like me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, my, my conversations were a little bit more, more tame. <laughs> Using words, I yeah, guess, yeah. more than force. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Thank you.
Okay, I'm Paul from AMFM magazine. Yes. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? you? Hey, we are so happy to have you on for this uh, for the show. And of course, you make it look like the most fun job in the world. And sometimes it can, (laughs) but but some of these things look like they were kind of difficult to do. I'm curious to know, like, what kind of headspace do you have to put yourself in? Or is there something you have to tell yourself um, to sort of keep on the right path and keep in the right mindset to, you know, to do everything that you do? Yeah, I think it's um it's really important to know. I mean, for me, my process, I, I I like to know where my character has just been and also where she's going. So that that that's really helpful to stay present in the moment. I think um, we've all had a lot of experiences of really traumatic um, scenes emotionally and physically, and it becomes very draining. So learning how to prepare yourself before then and being kind to yourself and resting and loving on yourself is really important. But I think um, a lot of us just just immerse ourselves completely. I don't mm. know if that's the, the, <laughs> the, the best way to do it in terms of looking after ourselves. But I mean, I, I look around at the work that everyone's putting in and everyone just gives their absolute all to some very hard um, requirements. So, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's something that you said there, which was, you know, just completely immersing ourselves. You know, I I think it is an, an art form of trying to getting in that character's headspace and just completely staying there in the scene, which mm-hmm. is, which can be difficult. But when you have, um, a group of actors that you trust, writers, directors that you can trust to to care for you and your craft, you feel safe enough to kind of push those boundaries, um, whether that's physically or emotionally. Um, but you know, it's it's been amazing to lose ourselves with these characters and and just what they go through. This was so much fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Tony from Sci-Fi Talk Podcast, please. Hi, ladies. Great to talk to you. For both of you, what's the relationship like from each of your perspectives from Ninue and also Egwene on the series? Story, we can start with Zoe. What's what's my relationship like? Yeah, to- what what is your your characters' relationships to as with each other? Right. Um yeah, Nynaeve and Egwene's relationship is really special. It's it's definitely like a sisterly bond but it's it's much more than that it's it's um I don't know I I think we haven't seen a relationship like this on screen I think it's a really beautiful relationship to explore this purely platonic sisterly love I mean for Nynaeve she will do absolutely anything for Egwene she thinks the world of her she sees you know her potential and just wants nothing but the best for Egwene and I think that's a really beautiful thing that that our show is doing is really highlighting how important these real and truthful relationships are, especially when they when they want each other to succeed and do well. I think it's it's nice to to um, celebrate those types of relationships. Yeah, absolutely. I think Egwene <clears throat> really looks up to Nynaeve as a as a mentor and and as like a big sister, um, and they really support each other and champion each other. And I think. Um, like Zoe said, you know, wanting the other to succeed and do well and, and is, is, is what gets them through. You know, a lot of the time they survive to 
make sure the other one lives, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, which is really wonderful. They'll do anything for each other and it's such a wonderful bond. Um, Yeah, like Zoe said, that I think, you know, sometimes particularly in this genre that we, we might not necessarily see. Thank you, ladies. You both are killing it. I'm really enjoying performance. Oh, thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Thank, thank you. And Matthew from The Escapist. For you, what what's your favorite part about of of this world that um, the Wheel of Time takes place in? What what stands out to you about it, um, and, and and makes you excited about the show and and being in it? I think. For me, the level of specificity and detail uh, Robert has obviously put into the world, but in particular the the characters. Mm. I mean, for me, it hasn't been much of a struggle to to try and access Nynaeve because there's so much on the page already. There's so much to work with. There's obviously so many resources. There's 14 books, as we all know. So it's um, you know, whenever if in doubt, we can we can search for um anything that we're not sure of, but Rafe has also been an incredible um, expert and and help with us. So, um, yeah, definitely the characters. I've I've never played a character so fleshed out and and just real. I think Mm. what makes them so beautiful is that that they're so relatable. They're they're real humans with complexities and flaws and they're not the greatest at times and you question a lot of their motives and their actions, but... um, yeah, I think that's what makes them so great. Yeah, absolutely. They're just, you know, real people in a very fantastical, epic world. And I think that's what makes them such lovable characters is that we can all find a bit of them um, in ourselves and, and relate to them. And, you know, exactly like Zoe said, the detail that Robert Jordan has given us with with his work is, you know, I remember the first day we walked onto the set of The Two Rivers and it was exactly how I pictured it from mm. reading the books. Um so, you know, I think reading this story and then seeing it come to life and, and seeing other, you know, artists' interpretations and their collaborations um, on the characters or the worlds has been amazing to just see and be immersed in it. And finally, Eric from... You interviewed. You interviewed, there you go. <laughs> Thank you. So congratulations to both of you on the series. Um, you've got to, gotten to live with these characters now for a while. What's one thing that you hope that the audience takes away about your character that maybe they don't see quite on the screen? That's a great question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I I think with Egwene, I've certainly grown with her. Um, she has this sort of sense of self and determination and she knows her self-worth, which I've definitely learned a lot Um a lot about from her, from playing her. Um, you know, I, I I really hope that audiences can also picture themselves in this world and and also relate to our heroes and what they go through. Yeah, and and for Nynaeve, I I hope people can can understand her motivations and and why she acts the way she does as as often because of her deep, intense love for the people that she she's uh, with. Um, she will do anything for the Two Rivers kids in particular. And oftentimes I think, you know, book readers question whether they whether they are aligned with what Nynaeve does and how she thinks and her as a character. But I, 
I, I personally get her and, and love her. So, mm. um, yeah, I'd, I'd love for people to understand all the complexities and the nuances that our, that our characters have underneath. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for. Thank all you. right. Uh, Bye. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate it. Thank you. Nice to meet you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yosha Stradowski, Marcus Rutherford, Madeline Madden, and Zoe Robbins, four amazing actors who we can't wait to see on our screens in just nine days. Nine days, guys. We can't thank Amazon enough for involving us in the promotion for the Wheel of Time. Like I said in the intro, more surprises are coming, so stay tuned. If you guys like what you heard, please share with a friend. Give us a five-star review on any of your favorite podcast apps. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, or at BingetownTV.com. If you're not yet a patron and looking to support the pod, you can check out our Patreon page at Patreon.com slash BingetownTV. You can also find it on our Instagram and our website. Right now, we have two tiers available, Binge Townie and Binge Town Homie. The first tier, Binge Townie, is just $2 a month and is available if you just want to send some support our way. Our second tier, Binge Town Homie, has all of our exclusive content. This tier is $5 a month and you get exclusive patron-only podcast episodes, early access to our celebrity interviews, and exclusive patron-only unedited celebrity video interviews, plus a lot of other bonus material. We appreciate all your support. You guys keep the lights on and we love interacting with all of our listeners. All right, guys, that's it for us today. Once again, we are Binstown TV. And thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.